And we're on. We are we are on, and we're back in we're back in Guest City. We had a couple of what did we do? We had a Zoom one. We had a one where we couldn't do the scene switcher, which might be a problem tonight. So yeah. we had just the camera side by side, yeah. and now we're we're back in uh, we're back in Guest City, which is kind of home for us now. We didn't know yeah. we were going to be a guest podcast at the beginning. We thought we were just going to talk shit. For but I think we just ran out of ideas. Well, that that's one. <laughs> you don't, <laughs> don't tell them that. Nah, we've got a massive list of ideas. <laughs> yeah, we're just we're, they were too big, yeah. too good to too just have us. Like, we're going to bring another person or multiple people in. Uh, yeah, so we're fucking idiots. Episode um, number seventy. Episode number seventy, and we have the very amazing and beautiful Abby. Thank you so much for joining hey, us. For coming on. Thank you for having me. Now, another um, classic uh, one of J-Man's great friends coming on as a guest. Like, we don't really step too much outside of J-Man's friendship group other than, like, two <laughs> times, which is great. It means I've got some good, some cool fucking friends, right? That's true. Um, so we have known each other, which I was thinking about this and talking about it with Erica mm. earlier today. We have known each other for 12 years this year. Damn. It was about 2010, I reckon, when we when we met through mm. a mutual friend. Um <laughs> Now you, the the mutual friend was your only ever boyfriend because yes. you are a proud lesbian woman. That's right. And um, <laughs> you are the person who introduced me to gay bars for the first time. <laughs> yes. um, Proudly. So it was. It's one of those things as well. Like it was so much fun going yeah, to yeah, Mar- yeah, the yeah, old yeah. Mars bar. It's not even a thing anymore, is it? No, Mars is not, no, a, thing it's not a thing anymore. Rest in peace. I know. Um, what, is it, what is it now? It's, it's now a, a gym. There's a gym there. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, it's really random. So the old Apple Bar is yeah. now what's called Mary's Mary, Poppins. Mary's Poppins. Yeah. Oh, what a fucking okay. cool. Yeah. What a cool game. Yeah. Have you yeah. been there? Yeah. Is yeah. that cool in there? Uh, it's a, it, no. It's a cool club. <laughs> it's a really cool venue. Yeah. But it's yeah. Um, but yeah. So obviously the the person subject one who we talked about who was your only boyfriend. So that <laughs> is in like. Yeah, what year were you in? Year eight. That? It was first high oh, school. Oh, year eight, right. Yeah, first high school. Boy so, right. how long after that were you like out? Like, were you like had, properly yeah, out? Yeah, properly out. Mm, when I was like 15. Wow. So, like, oh, okay. So, so like, not too long two after. Two years that. later. Yeah, and so considering yeah. we're old as shit, like, that was pretty. Yeah, like, it was a long time ago. Yeah, but that was yeah. a big thing, I guess, in terms a lot of. different back then than we Oh, right. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was huge. Like, Coming out in high school was not a thing then. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely yeah. not a thing. Everyone, and I guess I have a lot of mates or people or like acquaintances that you know how you could usually tell if someone was. Mm. And like I remember that time, there was a lot of people that were just you know because of the 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 culture and the mentality, and everyone was just you know very different, very yeah. backwards way of looking at it and the way they treated people for it. Mm. That were just so in like whether they were in denial or just couldn't possibly think of being honest about it, um, that must have been hard for you to make that yeah. decision at that time. Yeah, it was um, great. Talk us through, I guess, uh, your kind of thinking at that time and, and I guess the benefits of it from you, but also um, how did you manage from a mental health stuff? How did the family go? Like how, how did that? Um, I think in a lot of ways I was lucky, but like reflecting on it, I was lucky, but at the time I didn't feel that way. Yeah, yeah um, of course not. Yeah, like it yeah. felt huge and I was – I think I kind of always knew that I was attracted to girls and I like was different. And, um, and then like in high school, you know, I got a boyfriend cause everyone 
that's what you meant to do. Yeah. We were like the first year eight like couples. That so was like oh. a big thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> year eight. I know. It's so cute. Um, I, had a, I had a girlfriend for one weekend in year eight. Oh, really? Oh, oh, that's so cute. I think I've said it on comedy all the time. I don't yeah. think I've said it on the podcast, <laughs> but I asked her out on the Friday and then we like used some minutes on each other over the weekend. And then I got there on Monday and she's like, this isn't working. I'm like, how can you have made a decision? <laughs> hey, that quickly. Like, Come on. Wasted your minutes on her. What creepy yeah. shit did I must have said in those like conversations? I probably was just like, I love you. Let's get married. And she's yeah, like, probably. yeah, probably. Well, like, yeah, that's, 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 that's me to a T. That's me to a T. Sorry, I didn't want to that's cut okay. you off there. But yeah, first, so you're the first couple in year eight. And yep. then, um, yeah. Yeah. And then like, and I went to Salisbury High, as you know, which was fucking terrible piece of shit school and mm. everyone there was awful. Um, and Did you only go there? No, I left. So I left and I think, again, in reflection, in part because, like, I didn't feel comfortable to be out there. Mm. Um, I remember there was, like, one girl at school who wasn't even out but, like, was very obviously gay and, like, people just bullied her and were like, you fucking dyke and shit like that. Ah, true. Yeah, and it was awful and she ended up leaving Um she ended up like going to jail and stuff. Like I think yeah, honestly, right. because of the bullying, like she was bullied so much. Um, and I remember like after dating old mate and he got another girlfriend and he was with her for ages and her, like all of her friends really like not anything to do with being gay. Like they thought that I was still interested in him and they like gave me heaps of shit and they like, I wasn't at school for ages cause I was sick. And then they told everyone that I was pregnant and like all of this shit like yeah, wow. so start rumors and shit yeah like yeah. heaps of shit and i was just like what the fuck like and in myself like knowing that i was gay i was like what the fuck like they're all trying to say like i was after these people's boyfriends that i was sleeping with all these dudes that i was pregnant like all this stuff and i was like you know like 14 like dealing with that being like that's insane yeah, yeah. i was like this is in- actually so insane. we just compounded the fuckery basically yeah you're, yeah you're absolutely going through that like so that's at 14. So that's before yeah. you've come to the point where you're like, hey, yeah, I can gonna... tell people. Yeah. yeah. And then like, I think that kind of like, not put pressure on, but I was like, I think it was kind of like, not that I owe it to anybody, but I was like, I need to let people know that that's who I am because like, I'm getting this really shit stuff said about me all the time. That's not true. Like literally they just knew that I was gay. Like they wouldn't be saying that stuff. Yeah. And then. Which I, just like, sucks because it's like. I feel like I have to clear my name or I want to because this mm. stuff is so left. Like, it's not even that it's, yeah. you know, if you're just a, if you're just straight, then it's untrue. But it's like, not only is it untrue, yeah. I can't think of anything that I Worse. want less than yeah. any of those things. <laughs> Literally. Like, yeah. Literally, yeah. It was crazy. And then I ended up leaving that school because I could not, I could not deal with all the craziness that was that school. Like, not even of just course, with that, yeah. but like everything like that school. And shit. Yeah, it is terrible. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, he saws you. And I'm down yeah, exactly. Parallel, and they're both just two peas in a pod, uh, so I can exactly. Parallel. You know, I've heard so, so much about parallel. Twelve. I swear to they, God, I was like uh, been there. Like, they were yeah, both like both cesspools, man. Literally. They were so bad. And, Nothing. And then Parafield was like the. It's like the Bermuda Triangle of yeah. like shit schools. <laughs> it's like <laughs> because we all had such big crossovers because like we all worked at like. So, like, I met, made so many friends through Parafield because working at Paralawi Hungry yeah. Jacks, which was, like, bang smack between the two schools. Yeah. And then, like, people would work at Salisbury but go to Paralawi. Yeah. So, it was, like, yeah, all yeah, this yeah. intertwining as teenagers between those three schools. And then yeah. everyone at Thomas Moore can get fucked. But, Absolutely. Um, fuck yeah. those guys. Yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it's, like, but they were all just as bad as each other. Yeah. It wasn't like you'd be, like, mm-hmm. oh, man, you're going to Parafield. You lucked out. Like, yeah, there was yeah. a camaraderie as well because we all knew that we were just dealing with, like fuckery everyone had pedo teachers everyone oh, had fucking right. like just all of yeah. the yeah just the worst shit yeah so, it was 
Um, not a good time. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. Yeah. So then I, um, before I left Salisbury, I like acted like a fuckwit because like I was done with everyone's shit and mm-hmm. I like did some shit that I <laughs> should not have done. Um, just like went off the rails school wise. Um, so I left and just didn't go. Like I just stopped going. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not dealing with that. I'm not going back. And then through having been quite naughty at school and then not going for ages, I got assigned a social worker from um, Department of Education. Oh my God. It's so crazy to imagine. So is that where know, this so funny, isn't it? leads into your job now? Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Cool, yeah, cool. yeah. That's so, so like, cool. I feel like that point in my life, like really led into a lot of different things for me, which was like, again, reflectively fucking cool. Like, yeah. Really cool to like look back and be like, yeah, yeah that's cool. But at the time, um, at definitely the time, not how you feel. Yeah, at the time I was just like, ah, everything fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, then I ended up going to Bowdoin Brompton, which yep. was a school for naughty kids. It still is a school for naughty kids. Yeah. Um, and I was literally when I got there, I was the only girl in the school. Oh wow. Yeah, I was wow. literally the only girl. What a fucking um, rebel like that you've named and you yeah, made for yourself I, to be the only girl. Like, like, she's a bad bitch, man. Like, what yeah. is it like? Obviously, I don't want you to unpack it all, but can you tell, like, because I just see you as the most innocent human being of all time, can you give us a little glimpse of, like, what, like, rebellious Abby was doing at uh, to get herself? being an asshole. Right. <laughs> was just yeah. a, a general a, asshole. Yeah, like, just I'd go to class and then just get up, like, in the middle of class and just, like, throw shit or, like, argue with the teachers and like I was always like my dad always taught me to like stand up for myself in like using your words as opposed to like fists and stuff so I'd get up and like try to have like intellectual debates with the teachers so much that it would piss them off yeah and they'd be like get out and I'd be like you fucking get out and just be like annoying yeah Yeah, and then like I would go and take my uniform off and just like walk around the school and like knock on doors and like stir everybody up and just like just be annoying and just Really annoying. And just so and, checked out from the whole, yeah. which, I mean, the education system is a fucking joke yeah, anyway, well, so we don't yeah. even Absolutely. need to, we don't even yeah. need to how, get into how bad it, it does yeah. it, trying to manage those kinds of things or yeah. understanding the root cause of it. But um, obviously, as we know, you're not going to get away with that kind of shit um, for, and then you end no. up at the fucking naughty school. Yeah, they end up at the naughty school. So this is, how old are you by the time you've started there? 15. So I was out of school for nearly a whole year. Wow. Yeah. And so this is still before you're out though. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so then you're at the naughty school. went to the naughty school, only girl, which I, again was like really like, ooh, there's like all these boys and they were like really naughty boys. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. still didn't feel super comfortable to be out because I was like, there's a lot of boys here. And like, but it's, it's also like, back what's then you've got misdiagnosed autism, misdiagnosed yeah. ADHD, like that. We just had no understanding. Yeah, they just thought that stuff. boys were naughty. Absolutely, yeah. Which was like, there was actually, when we look back, I remember looking back at my schooling, the amount that were actually just naughty which still is not even really a good word but the most that were like purposefully disruptive mm. was actually quite a small percentage like misunderstood and misdiagnosed yeah. miss all of those kinds of yeah. things Absolutely, made yeah. up such a larger chunk of what you were dealing with so yeah that was obviously would have made it even more confronting yeah absolutely being in that situation. And I think thinking again thinking back now and like being in the job that i know like i can think about half those boys even more than that and just think like what the fuck was going on at home that's what it like led them to where they were yeah, it wasn't exactly. even like the yeah. fact that they were shitheads like yeah they were going through some shit like it was i like yeah you know absolutely yeah so going there and like the boys they were all super lovely to me like they were feral most of them yeah (laughs) like they were so lovely to me i think i was the only girl that were a lot of them got super protective of me um which was really cool but then um i think like 
weirdly having like been I guess with more boys I was like yeah like I'm not interested in any of you like yeah. you know like a teenage girl's dream being in a school with yeah, all boys hey. you'd be like hell yeah and I was like oh no mm-mm. I wonder how different it would have been if you'd stayed like in a, a mixed environment mm. you know what I mean like where it's just like a whole bunch of girls and what they have to say about you yeah. compared to this other experience that you got where it was all dudes yeah I like, think it would have been Vastly different because it would have like somehow like confirmed in your head. God, mm. I don't give a fuck yeah, about probably, any of these. Yeah, probably yeah. made it yeah. earlier. Yeah, like. yeah, I think so too. Because then there was no girls. Like, was it like Salisbury? Like, there was girls, and I would look at them and be like, "But there's nothing I could do about yeah, it." You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. But then, yeah, so then you're missing that as well. You're like, oh, not only do I not feel anything for you, yeah. I've not even got the stimulation I was at least getting like, as <laughs> yeah. I'm going through like puberty. Yeah, um, exactly. And then, yeah, I think um, I met a girl who actually went to your shit house school, um, who you know. Um, and then so I met her through a mutual friend who also went to Paralawi. Yep. Um, Represent. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'd stayed friends with this girl from Paralawi. So we actually went to the Salisbury High School induction together. And that's how I met her. And then we stayed friends. And then she introduced me to a girl. Uh, on MSN Messenger. Oh, of course. Classic. Yeah. Classic. And I literally remember like the first time we talked and she had a profile picture of her little sister and I was like, dude, the fuck's with your picture? And she's like, that's me. And I was like, no, but you're, you're 15. That's not you. And like just this random conversation, her like tagline was a system of a down song. And I was no, like, I yeah. 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 <laughs> On the MSN, you had to have your, your song. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you think, I think, I don't know if we talked about this in the pod before, but the ones that always I think of, right? is hell yeah i'm the motherfucking princess every girl had that it's true and every girl also had lying is the most fun a girl can have without taking her clothes (laughs) off that was always the fucking classic and at the very end you had to have the love heart emoji with whoever you were talking to at the time yeah and And those like little squiggle things too like yeah yeah the heart made out of s and two instead of a heart yeah who has a conventional heart when you can s two it up Fuck, dude, MSN, what a time. Dude, what we a good must time. have We must would have, have 100%. MSN. Yeah. That we must would have, have been how. MSN was fucking sick. Oh, it was great. I loved it. Nudging bitches. Like, <laughs> nudging bitches. <laughs> and then being like BRB. Like, I was just going to say, yeah, BRB. Away from keyboard. I love that there's a meme at the moment that's like, I can't believe on MSN I used to say BRB when I went to the toilet. Now someone messages me and I ghost him for five months. It's true. So funny. Yeah, I haven't heard the BRB in ages. Like G to G as well. Oh, got to go. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, dad needs to make a phone call. <laughs> yeah, dad needs to, on the hand, on the what do you call it, on the home on phone the landline. Yeah, that but that was lol time, wasn't it? Yeah, lol, lol is that's yeah yeah, yeah. lol kind that's of that's the like when Roffle and yeah Lameo and everything yeah. really really yeah. came into that's its true. own. Um, Roffle cop there and shit. Yeah. yeah, 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 all of that. Oh, <laughs> awesome language. And, yeah, <laughs> no, no. what was your while we're on it? What was your what's your cringiest um hotmail? Oh, I don't know if you want to know it. Please, okay. please. My, it was the only one I ever actually had. Okay, yep. Was Princess of Darkness Bites. Oh, <laughs> well, it was, it was the last Bites. Bites. Oh, yeah. Princess of yeah. Darkness Bites. Yeah, but it was like so Princess long. with a capital P and then a capital S at the end, underscore, then like everyone had the beginning and last letter was capitalized and an yeah. underscore between each. Word. Oh, that's yeah. so like not practical at all. Not yeah. at all. It was so annoying to write in. Yeah, that's so. What <laughs> yeah. was? Your, what, I think we've said this before because we know mine was big bad underscore J man. Yeah, <laughs> horrible. I never had like, anything. I've too never crazy. been. I've been big, but I've never been bad in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my was a little bit cringy because it was just 
R Y R Y six six six. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So a little yeah. bit, cre- little bit not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, yeah. it's not yeah. too bad. Right, right, though. I do like that. I'm going to Yeah, that because like a lot of kids, they can't actually say my name. So there's right, right. Right, right. They just yeah. do the first two syllables. Right, well, I'm mm. only going to call you right, right from now on. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You're tuning in with Ryan Ryan and Jay Mizzle. Oh my goodness. Um, all right, so we've, we've been sidetracked from this story. Yeah, we um, so we're 20 minutes in and we're still on the first question. Oh, so, um, you are, you're at Bowden, you're a naughty yeah. kid, you've got yeah. lots of protective, uh, definitely not boyfriend material. Yeah, you've realised not. that. No. Um, and then you're leading into your coming out at some point. Yes. Soon. So meeting Jess. Yeah. Um, and on MSN Messenger. And then she had a boyfriend. And so, like, we were just friends. And then we got the bus up to TTP, as you did. Yeah, classic. Uh, yeah. And I remember, like, just being like, she's gay. I know she's gay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no. The gay having... was going on. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I do not have a bar of this. And her boyfriend was, like, star of the basketball team at Paralawi. And, uh... like, <laughs> And I remember, like, when he came and he met us and then she kissed him goodbye and she was looking at me the whole time. She was, like, kissing him. <sighs> And like 15, so you know, when you're 15, that's like a big deal. And I was like, she likes me. I like her. This is a thing. And then like we we hung out a lot. And then, um, yeah, we both ended up like having a little crush on each other. She left her boyfriend for me. Ooh, <laughs> that's a big power move. That's it was a, power a big power move. That's something you talk about on a pod 15 years later. Yeah. That's a power move. Right? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Even better though, because then her boyfriend like wrote her a letter and was like, I see what you see in her. Oh my god! What does she have that I don't have? That was literally what he said. Well, there's uh, definitely some genitals that are different. Um, Yeah. Yeah. What does she have? No, actually, she has less. Yeah. I'm I'm looking. That's what I mean too. Yeah. 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 That's that's amazing. Yeah. So then we ended up together. Um, I still wasn't out to everybody, but like we were together. Probably. So enough that anyone around you is like, well, cool, that we know what's going on here. Yeah. But yeah. then you hadn't kind of like had the family conversation or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. And my mum was in denial massively. My, my dad and my sister actually went to the UK together yeah. um, around the time that her and I were like dating. And, um, Do you have more than one sister? Because I know no, one. You yeah. just got one. Yeah. And the brother. It. And the brother. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. So they were in England and I didn't go because I was like actually into school finally. And I was like, want to like do school and they went away and then I stayed with my mum and so Jess like was always staying over like all the time and mum just was like oh you know let you girls having sleepovers that's fine yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. whatever and then dad and Bonnie came back and um like they met Jess and whatever and I remember like it was like only a couple of days dad had been home and I remember like literally I was in the kitchen and I grabbed out a jar of, jar of peanut butter and I turned around and dad was like so Jess is gay <laughs> and i was like what dad what, what do you mean and he's like yeah you two are together aren't you and i was like so thrown off because like i'd gone months with like my mum hadn't realized and then like dad had been back two seconds and he was yeah. just all over yeah, it yeah. Yeah. yeah and my dad was a social worker too so he oh, was it smells like, like yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah he would have had the radar yeah, yeah so sure. he, he was like going off was that when it was like all right I was like, yeah, I can't deny it. I'm like, there's no point lying about it. Um, She was already out to her family. Um, She'd actually only lived in Adelaide for about a year when we met. She was from New South Wales. So um, she had told her family in New South Wales. I think it was a bit easier because they were super far away Mm. um, and told her dad. And she'd only like known her dad that whole time. Like she didn't know him growing up and stuff. So I think that was a bit like him. What choice did he have? (laughs) You've just met her. You can't be like, I mean, you could, but you know. 
Um, and then so I was like, uh, yep, yep, yep. That's, that's what's going on. Cool. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> um, and I was, was that, like, was that relieving at all? Or was that more added more stress um, to it? Or how did you feel, I guess, at that time? Both. Like, I felt relief that I didn't have to tell them. Like, it just kind of came out. Like, that's cool. Yeah, you didn't yeah. have to sit down and be like, yeah, because I was like, Party at that popper. time, yeah, exactly. Surprise. Yeah. At that time, like, I had literally been thinking, like, how am I going to tell them? How am I going to tell them? How am I going to tell them? And actually, sorry, I'd already told my auntie, which is my mum's sister. Yeah. I told her, but she was a vault, like, whatever. She didn't give a fuck. She was like, yeah, that's cool. Like, love you. Yeah. And she's the only person. So I was like, at some point, I'm going to have to tell my family. And I was like, how am I going to do it? How am I going to do it? And then when dad asked me, I was like, sick, that's how I'm going to do oh, it. So awesome. Yeah, Thanks, that's dad. That's awesome. Yeah, so that was really this. cool. Um, but then. I asked him not to tell my mum until I was ready. He did not do that. He told my mum. Oh, <laughs> so that was really the only thing that in the whole situation that was like upsetting, I guess, because I felt like that was taken away from me. Yeah. In his mind, like I know he was just like, don't want to keep something from your mum. And yeah. I was like, I get that. But like, that was my thing to tell her. Yeah. Um, and she is just a super awkward human in general. Like she tried to have the sex talk and stuff with me before and it just didn't pan out. So then her trying to have that conversation with me was hilarious. Yeah. And she, you know, like pulled me into the lounge. She'd be like, do you have something to tell me? And I was like, nah. <laughs> She's like, I think you do. Nah. Like, nah, mom, what are you talking about? She's like, your father already told me, so just tell me. And I'm I was not, like, oh. And you're thinking to yourself, like, if you didn't realise by now, like there's probably nothing. Yeah. Like, how am I going to explain it to <laughs> exactly. you when you didn't already know? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so then she was just like, oh, so now I know what your sleepovers are about. And I'm like, just super awkward but i was 15 super angsty me and my mom didn't get along when i was a teenager so i was just like instead of just being a rational human i was like god fuck i believe dad told you and just like went off and just of made course. a bigger deal out of it than yep. i needed to but that's 15 so whatever yeah yeah and how i guess like from there kind of you've got a partner then and you're sort of like out and about in the world again it's still a very different time Absolutely. how did you how was that for you and how did you kind of deal with that and i guess looking you know we love mental health talk all the time. Mm. So I guess I, I'd just love to kind of unpack that a bit about how you found that and, and what kind of was good for you and what was bad mm. for you in that time and, and things like that. Yeah. It was terrifying. Yeah. The world was a terrifying place. Like yeah. being, being 15 is a terrifying place anyway. Like of course. it's messed up. Yeah. Um, being nearly out, like we didn't know anyone else that was gay, like yeah. at all. Um, that like our age anyway. Like everyone yeah. that I knew that was gay was like in their sixties. Like you know yeah. they were yeah. like older, yeah. and you know it, so it was it was absolutely terrifying. And being two girls, I mean it would have been the same for boys, but like being two young girls, it was disgusting. Like we would go to the shops together and stuff, and people would say stuff to like we're 15 like keep in mind the fact that we're 15 yeah. and you'd have like grown men being like i could change you all you need is my dick oh, and, wow. that is yeah wow. and it was disgusting like it's disgusting anyway but then like i think about the fact that i'm 15 yeah. and, like, yeah. Hey, yeah. and these were like grown ass men like we'd have truck drivers like tooting at us like as we we're walking down the street like hold hands and stuff like that so there were things that like we didn't feel like we could do, but we wanted to do it. Like we, we weren't ashamed of who we were, which yeah. was really cool. Like both of us were super proud of who we were. That's amazing. Yeah. But so, it's like, hard when society is trying yeah. to force you back into your box kind of thing. Exactly. You know I mean? Which is like so insane. And I'm like, I mean, it still happens now, which is, mm. it is a lot better. We're in a lot better place yeah. than where we were, but it still happens. You know, it's just crazy to think mm. of. And that was really bold, I guess, of you guys to, to tackle that back then. Because as I said, I know people that are only just now starting to really be able to, mm. and you know, as much as it makes me happy for them that they're able to do it now, it makes me sad for them that they've 
Couldn't do it earlier. Possibly waited till mm. 28, 29 or something to go, hey, this is who I really am. And, you know, kind of lost a massive chunk of their time being able to be honest. And a lot of that is parent and stuff as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just the world. The world is crazy. Mm. But it's even sadder to me how many people's parents, like, I know stories of people being like, the, you know, they say that there's one of the, because you know how, I don't know what it is, but like families will quite often have multiple gay people yeah. in the thing. Like, it, yeah. however it works in the gene pool. <laughs> so, like, I know someone who, like, the eldest son came out as gay. And then the parents like said to the daughter, like, if you come out gay as well, we'll kill mm. ourselves. Like, wow. what the wow. fuck kind that's of thing is awful. that to say to your yeah. to your kid? So that's, I think, the thing that's so heartbreaking for me is that it comes from people that should care about you mm. the most. Yeah. Like, you understand the dichotomy of a piece of shit male saying that thing. doesn't make it okay no, by any no, stretch. But, like, it's not surprising or it's not as, like, unexpected when mm. you have the scumbag male on the street but to have your own parents be like oh if you end up gay as well and that yeah, that's girl was struck like going mm. through that and and you know was wanting to come here huh? yeah and then that's so just you like, just absolutely set that not. back by yeah. however many years making her question herself like you're literally mm. saying that you would end your own life over it and for what it doesn't yeah. affect you in any not way at all. like no. they think obviously oh well you know we like we can't be the parents of all these, like what, what did we do wrong? It's like, but it's not, wh Nothing. why do you see it like that? Exactly. Why do you see it as that there's something mm. wrong? Like they just are who they are. So mm. um, I'm glad at least again, you know, you had a pretty good run with the family other than, yeah. you know, it not being on your terms as much, but, mm. um, but yeah, it would have been incredibly hard. Has, is there anything that really sticks out as I guess the biggest challenge you've faced with that side of stuff before we move into all the other awesome shit that you <laughs> like um, with family have to stuff? Talk? Or? Yeah, or just in the world, I guess, you know. Mm. You're the first person I think that we've had on the podcast that we've been able to talk to about. Yeah, so actually, yeah. and I'm sure that there's yeah. plenty of people listening that, you know, might have gone through this or or whatever there as well. So mm. is there I guess is there something that I think from the mental health perspective that's been the biggest challenge that you've faced? Um, I feel like other than there being a very short supply of lesbians in Adelaide yes. and you've literally all fucking dated yeah. each other. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure insane. I'm done with all of it them is now. Insane. Oh, I don't doubt. I don't being know. around it now for over 12 years <laughs> and, like, I, I, I know the entire circle yeah. now. Like, there's very few that I can be introduced to that. The ones that I'm – even the I've even met people – or I've met a uh, like a uh, a lesbian through a friend, and then they know like yeah, because <laughs> <Abby laughs> like, it just it, it's so yeah, it's, a uh, it's a little incestuous, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's just insane. <laughs> now. But you know, obviously, you're because the problem is as well is that there's obviously more mm. that don't move in the circles Absolutely. or whatever. So you know, yeah. you will be able to pluck that one out of obscurity every now and then who hasn't <laughs> yeah. joined the network yet, but. As yeah. soon as they're in the network, Absolutely. you know, there's only a very limited... Yeah. Um, and I feel like it is a bigger pool now. Of course. Yeah, because of course. people are, like, more free to be out, yeah. more, like, feel more comfortable, safer, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, back then, like, and it isn't really that long ago, but then it wasn't the same. Like, people didn't feel as comfortable. Yeah. That. So we did have a really small group because when you found someone that was gay, you were like, ah, like, friends, yeah, like, yeah. you can yeah, relate yeah. to them. And, and then, even like, bisexual now. Oh, There's yeah. a lot more people that are bisexual too. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, that also makes it's it just cool, the you know? comfortability yeah, that's around now. Like, people aren't so afraid to, like, you know, be, like, not the norm, not what the societal mm. expectations yeah. are. So they're like, Absolutely. so, so it's cool. just, it is such a better place. Yeah. yeah. But it was, it was a crazy time. I mean, we can't, 
We can't have you on the pod without talking about my favorite like uh, I knew story you were of all this. time. I knew it. Again, we won't name names, but we've yeah. one of the nights where Abby's picked us up from town, and there was yeah. a friend. Like you guys are still friends now, aren't no, you? No, not at all. No. Oh, no, okay. Well, that's no, again. That's we, why we're not saying any names. Yeah, we were from this girl too. This yeah, yeah, old mate two point oh. Another old mate. Old yeah, old mate two point oh. Obviously, and again, like I'm like the loveliest dude ever. So I'm, <laughs> no, 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 this is, I wasn't being, when, when I tell this story, I yeah. wasn't being a jerk. You weren't at well, all, right? not at all. So we're, there's, we're in a car full, right? There's me and uh, old mate number one. And yeah. then now we've got old mate number <laughs> oh, two. Oh, so you had both old mates in the car. In the yeah, car both at the same time. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. and someone else, because it was a full car. We had someone yeah, else so in the front. Maybe, maybe Jess. Maybe Jess was in the front. Yeah. Um, and so... We're just trying to talk to old mate number two, like just being nice, mm-hmm. right? And uh, we're like, oh, so, you know, oh, you had work tonight or whatever. And she so didn't want to talk to us. And I don't know if it was because we were males and obviously she was going through her own thing. Like yeah. we can make up, but, yeah. and she was just like, pull the car over. <laughs> like she literally just, wow. and we were like, hey, we were just like trying to say, and she's like, literally just pull over. I'm getting out now. And Abby's like, what the fuck? Shut up. Like I'm getting, I'm driving you home. Like, yeah. Stop like freaking I'm not out. Pulling and the she's like, over. literally stop. Yeah. And me and old mate number one are sitting there like, <laughs> what did we do? Like, we, and we obviously don't want to upset the whatever because yeah, you know, we're yeah. getting the lift home as well. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, we just, we had no idea what we did wrong, but it's just one of my favorite stories yes. of all time. Of just yeah. like, yeah. we were like on Port Road at like four o'clock in the morning and she yeah. was literally like, pull the car over. And I was like, uh, no. Was she sober? Well, I don't think she no. was. Oh, okay. yeah, so and we were obviously drunk. Yeah. Like, probably drunk yeah. as well. I think we picked her up from work. She worked at a bar as well, and then yeah. she just like drink afterwards. Yeah. Well, we're giving away hints now. People are going to be out. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just like a you know one of those. But again, that was it was a because of the. If I look back at that now through the lens of you know what I know now, again because it was such a hard time, mm. and you know there was a lot more of that resent for you know. For, for say girls like yourself that are going through all of that and when you've had like obviously whether it's shit dads or mm. males yelling shit at you yeah. and saying I can change your fucking mind with my dick and whatever mm. like there was a lot more of that like something like say that she was going through the struggle so she was just like no. I can't even handle the fucking male energy yeah. in this fucking car right now and I'm glad that we are as a society moving into a better place mm. where like, you know, you would hope that people don't have those kinds of experiences. It's hilarious to, for us to talk about yeah. now. Yeah. But yeah. at the end of the day, all, all I'm thinking, even at that age, I'm like, I would never want someone to feel that uncomfortable. Yeah, you, know? you want someone to feel threatened by you or whatever. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. And I mean, again, you know, my friend should have given it away. I was clearly, <laughs> yeah. I was clearly a friendly yeah. guy. We're yeah, wearing the exactly. same yeah. jeans. Yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. Um, but yeah, so I guess to back to the question, is there mm. anything other than those, the limited... Um, mm. Amount of vaginas. Um, the, <laughs> is there anything that, that sticks out as, I guess, probably your biggest challenge that you've faced? I think the biggest thing for me and being as strong-headed as I am and wanting to be super, like, fuck the world was the fact that, like, it just always felt like the whole world was saying no. Like, right. if you were gay, you couldn't get married. You couldn't have kids. You couldn't do the normal things. And mm. I don't, like, obviously I can't speak for everybody that was going through the same thing at the same time as me but like it felt like we weren't allowed to have that like yeah i never wanted to have kids so that wasn't a thing for me but like being told that i couldn't yeah and like i you know then thinking that, that like it's unnatural that it's this and it's yeah that and, you know, and like that and that felt awful like that the whole world was literally saying like that's not your path like you cannot have those things yeah and then you know as i even like started to get older like early 20s and stuff and like my friends started getting engaged and they started having kids and things like that and like like straight friends and like being like, 
that was normal and the like the little gays were over here we were like yeah you'd have relationships but it always felt like you were in the relationship for like that the world was telling you like mm. what's the point yeah because you're not going to get married you're not going to do those things you're not this isn't going to last forever like the world was always kind of saying you're over here in your little black spot you're all going to fuck each other and that's all you're ever going to be that's all you're ever going to do whereas like you know obviously getting married and having kids isn't the only thing but it just felt like that the world was saying like the path that everyone else is on like buying a home even like those kind of things aren't yeah. yeah. So like, you get to watch all your friends do that, yeah. and you guys just stay over there and just like. Yeah. Well, isn't isn't it, isn't it good that like now the world, well, from my point of view anyway, has become so much more accepting mm. and yeah. like inclusive of like, hey, marriage doesn't even have to be between a male and a female. Yeah. It can be female and female, and you're allowed to have that sacred right as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really cool. But it was still a very like. It's a hard path. Mm, and I, I couldn't believe how much there was still just such an archaic mindset of people when, when it's not that long ago that it was, mm, yeah, that it was yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the fact that it's still only as recent as what it was, that mm. we were behind America. Um, yeah, I know how embarrassing is that. it was still just such a slog where like everyone was just like having their opinion about mm. it. And it's like the fact that we even had to do a vote is just insane. Like yeah. it should have just been something that's like, there's a you know, supply and demand, really. Like, it yeah, should have been like, there's yeah. a market here for it. Yeah. And anyone who's actually in the industry is like, this is the best thing that's ever yeah, fucking yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah, we're making more money than ever. Yeah. That's right. Because, yeah. yeah. I mean, first of all, these motherfuckers are spending big, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they're now celebrating because a lot of these yeah. have been wanting to do this for a long time. Yeah. This money's been sitting there ready to go, but it's just like the opinions of people that it just didn't impact at all. Just yeah. People, and, and, you know, it's like anything in, mm. in the world, but... That for me, I'm glad that it's a thing now, but the fact that it took us so long, I know, that, so I'm sure gross. that's why yeah. that is probably the perfect thing that you've mentioned there about why mm. just feeling, even though you feel exactly where you're meant to be, mm. you know, doing what exactly what you feel is right for you, but then having the world as a whole make you feel based on what you're limited to or what the way everyone treats you is like, well, no, you're not. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. It, you've you've had your thing and it's not a choice, but still you're weird and whatever. Yeah. And it's just like there's still that like little like global resentment for you being like, yeah, that yeah. we just don't like it. And um, I, I guess maybe that's never going to go away. You know, mm. there's still, I mean, till all the fucking boomers die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you still run into anything these days? Or it, like it, you're pretty, um, do you have a way better time of it now? Yeah, I think like, like I'm super resilient anyway. Like a lot of that stuff would just kind of wash over me now anyway. Yeah. Um, if someone did say something, I would be like, fucking excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you want me to, <laughs> like, want me to dig out 15 year old like troublemaker? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do it. I think now like probably the, the biggest thing is people just saying like, oh, you don't look gay. Like gay looks like something. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, and I'm like, how the fuck are people still saying that to me now? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So weird. What a weird thing to say. Yeah. Again, if they again if they were judging me on what I looked like in Mars bar, I was definitely in the yeah. place I was yeah, meant yeah. to be. Yeah, and like people just being like, oh, like when when they find out, being like, oh, I never knew that. Like, why? Yeah. Should, why, like, why would you? Yeah. What's yeah. The what is that? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like yeah. people's like go to is always that you're straight. Like that's you know when you meet someone, they're automatically thinking. Yeah. And then they've got to be like convinced that so dumb. Yeah. So yeah. it's really that's really shit. And I think like the how that affects people is like take is underestimated a lot. It's yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's massive. And, and I guess that's why we wanted to, and I'm sorry for like, you know, uh, harping on it, but I just yeah, think it's, it's such a amazing thing. And again, you offer such great insights, but we want to now, I guess, move into, we've kind of touched on it briefly through that journey. Um, 
obviously the passion for it came from from your now social work. You've been a social worker for 14 years, yes. which is insane. Yes. Um, and we're old as shit and that's scary. <laughs> and, um, but so what did you – obviously you've been doing it for 14 years, so you've pretty much come out of school and gotten into Straight it. Straight into it, yeah. Um, so you were just obviously a part of the system and then went, this is what I want to do. Like how early did you know – I mean, obviously, it had to be early to be doing it for fourteen years, but yeah. you know, you're not long. You've you've did you come straight from school, and while you were f- getting yourself back into school and being like, I need to take this seriously now, mm. was it already then that you're like, I want to already give back to this this community that's kind of so. helped me a bit now. Yeah, in a way, I think so. Like, my dad was a social worker, like I mentioned before, mm. um, but he worked with people that had brain injuries. He worked with um, at the autism association, so he worked with kids that were autistic. And again, we had a very different understanding of what that was back then. So mm-hmm. yeah. back then it wasn't like as accepted as it was now. And it mm-hmm. was kind of like kids that people just couldn't fucking handle. So he worked with those kids and we used to do respites. We'd have autistic kids come and like stay with us at home and stuff. Yeah, and wow. I always had that growing up. And um, So you've already got the work experience. Yeah, yeah. I was already yeah. good to go. <laughs> and then, yeah. So when I went to Bowdoin, um, the, like, this, the environment was so fucking different there. Like, going from Salisbury where like the teachers had no idea who you were unless you caused trouble basically mm. to go in a boat and where the classes were really small. The teachers actually gave a fuck. Like my teachers were so lovely and they were like so interactive. Everyone knew who you were. Everyone knew everybody. Like everything was just so cool there. Um, that it was just such a different experience that I was like, I actually really like school. And these are adults that I actually like, like I'd never That's knew so that good. was like a thing. Yeah. yeah. And it was so different. Um, and at Bowdoin, like they did, like pathways and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. they would try to get you. And again, that was that's super common now, but then it wasn't super common. Yeah. Like vet pathways and stuff wasn't really a yeah, thing then. Um, and they, I remember them like taking me to TAFE and like other kids. And we used to have like special things where they would take us to TAFEs and roll around and like you'd get to look at the courses. And um, I wanted to be a wedding dress designer. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I, super random, and I could I can't draw. I've never been able to draw in my well, life. This, that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you also couldn't get married. And I couldn't Sorry. get married. Yeah. I know. I know. Can't, can't get married. Yeah. yeah, I think there was a little bit of being like, "Fuck you." Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna be in weddings. Okay. I'm gonna be in weddings somehow. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, put yeah, myself yeah. in there, Fuck make you all uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So you could jump out like, by the way, designed by a gay woman who can't get yeah. married. Yeah, little like rainbow flags of yeah. or something. Oh my God. <laughs> So with your youth work, is there any story in particular that has really stood out to you and, like, impacted you personally? From, like, the kids that I've worked yeah, with? Yeah, from the people that you've worked with. So many. So, so many. Is there one, though, that mm. if you're going to only tell one story, obviously not naming the person, mm. but, like, you know, the what like, how has That's it kind hard. of, like, their story or the way they've been treated then impacted you? Like, That's really hard. Um because I've always worked, so like I work in homelessness specifically right. and I've worked in homelessness for 10 years. The first like four years I've worked in um, like disadvantaged areas in Adelaide. So I've always kind of worked with people who basically were homeless or on the verge of. So yeah. everyone's story has always been really, really impactful. Like every mm. story is different. Like I've worked with kids that like are siblings and like even twins, like literally grown up exactly the same time in the same area and their stories are still so different. Right. And it's wild like how different they are. Um, I think just like, I'm trying to think of like one story, but every kid's story is like super, like, cause it's so different. Like it's really, I guess it humbles you. Like yeah. I always just think how the fuck are these kids like alive? Like literally how are they alive? Mm. Um, if I try to think of one story, it's probably like the one that 
was more relatable to me that probably she had the biggest impact on me for the fact that she reminded me so much of myself as a kid. Okay. Um, was a young girl that I worked with in a shelter when I worked in a shelter in the city. And um, she was, I think she was 17 at the time and she was lovely. She was such a sweet young girl and she was gay and she had been kicked out of home for being gay. So she was oh, homeless okay. literally oh for being God. gay. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, and it was awful. Circling back to the parent being pieces of shit exactly. fucking comment yeah. that we just made before. Yeah, and she like was literally the nicest girl and she just like, she felt like she couldn't be herself because she had got kicked out for being gay. Like she just came out to her dad and he kicked her out. And she had also like, which is, you'll know why this is so relatable for me. She was also vegan and her dad literally said to her, well, like he made her a steak intentionally really, really rare one day and was like, put it on the table and was like, if you don't eat this, you're not my daughter. Right. And was like, going to disown her over that. And then like, so she ate it because she was like, fuck. And yeah, like, yeah. and felt awful about herself. And she like made herself sick from like, she didn't want it in her body. So she made herself sick. Yeah. Which then started a long thing of like her being bulimic and right. anorexic. And, yeah. 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 And then for him to kick her out when she came out anyway. So like, all these things like he just wasn't accepting like he had an idea of what he wanted and then it went anything that didn't fit that like he just didn't. yeah yeah that's just so sad isn't it yeah, yeah. and it was awful yeah. and like she ended up moving out and like i never really had much to do with her like there's some kids that i worked with that like over the years i've seen again and like there's i, I know what their follow-up story is i don't know what her follow-up story is but her story was just like really like in a different way really impactful like Whereas like I've had kids who, you know, I worked with another kid whose dad used to literally put him in like a bath, hold him down and like whip him oh, wow. in okay. water, like, and he would bleed and he was covered in scars and, yeah, you know, like, so I've worked with the kids who dealt with really heavy trauma, really heavy abuse, like lots and lots of stuff. So literally when you like, you think about a story, my head just goes like, yeah. So was there a reason that you, obviously again, you know, you, you didn't, you, you didn't struggle with homelessness or anything mm. yourself growing up. So was there anything that I guess, was it just by chance that you ended up down that pathway and now have been doing it for 10 years? Or was that mm. something that you were intrigued by? you like, because of that, what kind of took you down that path particularly? Like homelessness in particular? Yeah. Um, I think, so my first youth work job was, um, well, I started out as a trainee in youth work and I met um, a guy that worked at the council at the time and he had, Kind of he was working in homelessness and um, drug and alcohol and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And I really like we were working um, at the Parks Community Centre at the time, which was a super disadvantaged area at the time. Um, and so we were working with kids who were living well below the poverty line. And so that kind of stuff, like I noticed I just had a real passion for like working with those kids in particular. Yeah. When I was younger, like my dad, um, he had a lot of friends that were like tattooists and stuff like that. And I remember – when I was a kid and we used to go to, my dad's friend worked at Heinley Tattoo. And I remember being like quite young and standing out front of Heinley Tattoo and like a lot of homeless people on Heinley Street back then, mm, especially. Course, yeah. And um, there was a homeless man walking down the street and he was talking to people and people were being really rude to him and like not talking to him or being like, fuck off. And I just like was kind of standing there. And I said to my dad, like, why aren't people talking to him? And dad's like, because he's homeless and people think that that means that he's scary. Right. And I was like, but he doesn't look scary. And dad's like, he probably isn't. Like he's just homeless. That's not his fault. And then dad was like, you can go talk to him if you want to talk to him. And I was like, oh, okay. And then like, I just went up to him and I was like, hey, like I was a kid, like I didn't yeah, know, like, yeah. you know, and then he obviously was like quite mentally unwell, but 
he like I just had this conversation with this guy and like that to me I think I always remember that conversation like yeah for ages I think I had forgotten about it and then like I reflect on it and I'm like I think that really like just that little conversation that my dad would just been like blindly having with his daughter like mm. not Ends thinking much of it for yeah yeah that's really now is going to be your life's work basically. yeah absolutely yeah, yeah which is crazy yeah yeah and so you have worked at shelters and things like that you mentioned yeah. before is that what, what are you doing now specifically obviously 14 years into your journey what are you sort of what's your day-to-day at the moment um so i'm a senior youth worker at a shelter yeah so um the shelter that i'm at now is eight kids so we work we have kids that are 15 to 18 yeah so um we don't work with kids that are under department of child protection work with kids at the top the litter that the department basically doesn't give a fuck about right yeah okay so like like you say, like there's a lot of things that I could say about the department, but yeah, of course, know. it's government, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Hey, that's shit. what this podcast is for. Yeah, right? we it's hate that. Going, so. This is the seventieth episode of us shooting a government. Yeah, yes, right. yes. <laughs> but they like you know, kids are either removed really young or they're not removed at all, regardless of like what's going on. It's really hard for kids to get removed when they're older, and you know that can still be historical abuse. Like I've seen kids, you know, that super historical abuse that have never been removed, and then they're you know fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. And they're still living in these situations and the department is like, meh, they're going to be 18 soon. So why would we bother? So we basically work with those kids and the kids that like the, the government doesn't give a fuck about yeah. that have forgotten about. Um, so I work with them in the shelter. So yeah, we have eight kids at any time at the shelter. They live with us. Like to, so we teach them the things that their parents are basically meant to teach them. So we cooking, cleaning, budgeting, all that kind of stuff. We're getting That's them amazing. into like education, employment, whatever it is that they want to do. Yeah. Um, teach them about real life it sounds like yeah yeah exactly so, like because i find quite often schools and shit they don't teach you about <laughs> life it's nothing nah. about life like, so yeah and people I've been been so many fucking times oh yeah so time. so people many. that are already so disadvantaged that <laughs> don't have the family or in the case of the other one you were saying that you know the dad was abusing them physically mm. or mentally or whatever mm. then i guess having this extra place to go to would just make the world of difference and for you being able to give these people the that education and that kind of like extra leg up, leg up in life would probably mm. really make you feel fulfilled. Like, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Like it can be super stressful because again, you're working like working with teenagers in general yeah. can be a nightmare yeah. of a yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Teenagers who have suffered extreme abuse exactly. or emotional trauma. I guess that's that kind of segues perfectly into what I want to ask you around, you know, when you're dealing with something that is super, super heavy like that, how do you go about regulating your own mental health and looking after yourself? Mm. Um, it must be hard to obviously not leave yourself behind because it's one of those things as well where, <laughs> sorry, um, they, you're, you've, you've got a con- you've constantly got that whole like, well, my situation's not that bad, so like, yeah. I, but you can't neglect yourself. You mm. can't just let yourself fall by the wayside because you know Absolutely. at the end of the day, you need it. The only way that you can be the best for them is also being the best version of yourself. So how do you go yeah. about tackling that side of things? Like, what are the things that you do to, I guess, keep your head above water when dealing with stuff that is super, super heavy mm. all the time? I think. Um... Again, like I'm super strong-headed, super resilient, but that doesn't mean that like I'm invincible, obviously. Um, If I look at it from like a work perspective, the thing for me is like, because we do work, like the environment is super challenging. It's absolutely not for everyone. I've seen people burn out really quickly and I don't want to burn out. Like I want to be here for these kids for as long as I possibly can be. Yeah. Um, So in my work, like I look for like the smallest little win. So like a kid going to school for even half a day, like that's a win. Yeah. And instead of being like, oh, for fuck's sake, he missed half the day. It's like, no, man, he went half the day. That's so good. Yeah. So, like, I always take, like, those little achievements that, like, might seem like nothing. Like, they're huge things. And, like, 
So I celebrate them and I carry them and I'm always like, these are really big things. Like, yeah. This is why I do this. I like, yeah. this I like that because instead of you focusing on the end goal mm. and then when you, if, if you don't reach it, you're just like, ah, oh, fuck, it didn't make an impact. Mm. But if you're like, oh, you're focusing on these little bits and pieces, you always feel like you, you're actually making a difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it's, I think it's good to do that. And then like you can remind the kids of that too, because it's so easy for them again, as teenagers, but as traumatized teenagers, teenagers have had people telling them their whole lives that they're shit. Yeah. If you can say to them, you know, like they might be like, Oh, like I went to my youth justice worker today and it was a really shit meeting. Like, yeah, but you went, you got Mm. yourself there. That's so good. Like that's dope. You got up, you did that. Like you didn't have to, and you did. And like just reminding them that like, you're actually achieving things. You might not have had a good outcome at the end of the day, but like you got yourself there. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I think as well, like it must be getting a little bit easier in terms of, I mean, you've been doing it for 14 years, but if you think about how far understanding mental health Mm. has come to this point, like we are now at a point where we're looking at like within each diagnosis that you can give to someone, it's still so compartmentalized. Like it used to be just something where they would throw a a word out at someone which nine times out of ten would be wrong and it Mm -hmm. wasn't in the right category but now we're even understanding that you know you've got like ptsd complex ptsd like different versions of trauma like all those kinds of things and like along that spectrum itself is so vastly different people instead of just and, and now that we're you know we're starting to be able to get education around how to actually approach people that are exhibiting those particular signs of that mm. particular type of trauma, it yeah. must be getting a little bit easier in terms of not Absolutely. feeling like you're floundering or yeah. that you're just kind of having to like sort them into this very wide bucket that doesn't mm. really, yeah, I'm just throwing bits and pieces. Throwing they <laughs> always fiddle when now I'm throwing. Um, so I guess that's probably something that makes mm. life a little bit easier for you is that you're yeah. but still not, I mean, we're still nowhere near Oh, understanding it not. to the full but like mm. we said even t- going back as far as the misdiagnosis of mm. of kids that you know when we were in high school at least now we're getting to a point where it's getting a lot better and we're yeah, understanding hugely. that it's very intricate and very you know nuanced throughout mm. these ranges of of conditions and trauma that we go through is that does that definitely help yeah it does like the mental health system is still awful of course it's mm. absolutely awful and Young people in particular is really awful. Um, obviously, it's awful for everybody. It's absolutely terrible yeah. for everyone. Um, but for young people, like, it's so easy. It's always been that thing where people are just like, oh, they're just teenagers. They're just going through mm. it because they're teenagers. There's never any real acknowledgement of the fact that, no, they're actually, like, could be something going on here. That, like, just because they're teenagers doesn't mean that they haven't experienced shit, that they don't feel awful, that they don't genuinely want to kill themselves. Mm. Like, yes, they're teenagers, but these emotions are real. And, yeah. like, yeah. And... Over the last few years, I guess, like you were saying, like things have changed a lot. Some of the biggest things I think um, that I've noticed is only a couple of years ago, like literally two, three years ago, like borderline personality disorder. That's way more widely known now. People like know so much more about it. Yep. But like it used to, you couldn't get a diagnosis under 18 yeah. for borderline personality disorder. Wow. Yeah. Like at all, they would not do it. And we had so many, especially young women that we worked with that we were like, they have all the traits. Like that's, that's what it is. And everyone would be like, eh, it's anxiety, it's depression, whatever. And they would, you know. And then why are you saying whatever to depression and anxiety? Well, exactly. Like that's a real thing. And like, yeah. 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 And like, they would just give them like antidepressants and then the antidepressants wouldn't work because that's not what they were experiencing. And that's such a, the the amount of stories that I know of people that are now diagnosed with BPD Mm. or even 
but ADHD is another one. Like yeah. we're seeing this thing now where they're picking up ADHD in females. Yeah, hugely. Which was never. You think about going to school. Did you ever hear of a girl with ADHD? That just no. wasn't a but thing. You they never, didn't I never even heard about people with mental illness. Well, that's yeah. like in general. Well, yeah. I, I so, do. The only thing I ever remember, autism definitely wasn't a thing when I was mm, in high school. Yeah. Um, you had like genuine intellectual disabilities. And yeah. I remember like you had your class of, yeah, of intellectual yeah, yeah, disabilities. Yeah, yeah. And then you had ADHD boys that would just throw, and that was the only diagnosis that they yeah. ever got was ADHD mm. boys. Mm. But if I look at that now, you know, in pill A, there was definitely ADHD girls. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Within that, that just were never even considered. And mm. then there was definitely autism and things like that mm. in the other boys, like and Asperger's, like different things that I now understand the the levels of. None of that was even understood no, at all. Not at all. <laughs> but then no. the problem that we've got now, which is still a big problem is that misdiagnosis thing mm. and the medication that comes with the misdiagnosis. Huge. Like the, yeah. it, uh, where, and again, we're always knocking pharmaceuticals and I'm definitely not knocking them, but what I have a problem with is that, that quick fire, I'm certain that this is what it is. And the medication is so heavy. And for you guys that are trying to then like, so you've got to deal with not only the person who's dealt with the trauma mm. and has gone through the things, now they're going through being misdiagnosed, so they're getting the wrong medication, and then that yeah. wrong medication comes with a list of side effects. Absolutely. And now when they finally admit that they were wrong, you've got to go through the weaning them off and then starting a new one. Oh, whoops, that one's not quite right, or the exactly. dose was too high or too low or whatever yeah. again. Like that must be incredibly challenging. Yeah, and you got so many of these kids that you know, again, they're teenagers, so that like their parents, like that generation really went through that stuff of like these things didn't exist as well. So they've got their parents who are like, oh, like that doesn't exist oh. or that's not what it is. Or like, you know, you don't go to, you don't go to psychologist, take, just take the medication. You don't actually need to go to therapy. Like, and that's such a huge thing for us. Oh. It's so hard to get kids to go and talk about these things. Yeah, They'll talk to us. Like they'll come and they'll talk to us and you're like, all right, cool. It would be really great if you like talk to someone who can help you with that. And they're like, no. And you're like, cool. And that is so much that generational stuff where yeah. you don't talk about your problems. Yeah, I've even got, and I'm sorry if anyone's listening to this who's my friend who's like this and you're probably going to hate me, but (laughs) one thing that blows my mind even now, and when I've spoken to therapists and they talk about the importance of you you need to be going to therapy and on medication. Yeah. You shouldn't just be on medication. Mm -hmm. And I know plenty of people that are just on medication and aren't actually doing anything to actually understand why it is that they need it and whatever. And whether it's, I'm not saying to do that to get them off. Maybe they will mm. need the medication yeah, forever. Yeah, and that's fine. But you should be, like, it's crazy that it's not something where it's like, these are the two things you need to do. Yeah, it should be complimentary, it not should be like, like hey, okay, you've come to me with these problems, so here's what we're going to do. Mm. It is 100% that you're going to be taking these medication and 100% that you're going to be doing therapy. I personally believe it should be do therapy first. That's mm. the first thing you're going to get prescribed. And then based on that experience, we're going to see where you are after a period of time. Yeah. But that's not everyone's experience. Like no. nine times out of 10 people are just like, here's the diagnosis and here's the thing we give you to go yeah. with that. Absolutely. And then that creates its own massive, you know, set of problems. Yeah. And I hope that that's something that slowly, it is getting better from what mm. I hear that <clears throat> it's less of that, like, here's what it is and here's the thing. Yeah. They're starting, but still we're so far behind the bell curve with like, you know, there's that many people that are out there and they're just like, yeah, I mean, I take these meds and it makes me feel better, Mm. but they're only one life significant, you know, difficulty 
struggle away from complete bedlam yeah. because they're not doing the work to actually understand their triggers and understand their whatever. So, yeah, when yeah. everything's going fine and mm. they're on the medication, they're not feeling as bad as what they did before. Yeah. But all it takes is that situation to change and they're possibly worse than they've ever been. Yeah. And I just hope that, I guess, you know, the message I'm trying to get out here is that you've got to, you've got to do both. Like yeah, you've got to do the work. It's not a taboo thing. Yeah. Um, and it's now like, you know, we had the guys from uh, Next Step who um, they run like a uh, an Instagram page where they've got psychologists that are in their team that yeah. people can just message the yeah, Instagram they even do page cool. and wow. speak directly yeah. to a psychologist. So That's it's, cool. it's as easy access as you could possibly get without yeah. paying, without That's very cool. um, having to feel like I'm going to a, a shrink or whatever the yeah. bad words are that they use. And you're getting genuine you know mm. real uh professional advice that kind of stuff i love i love yeah, seeing these kind so of good. grassroots organizations to get these conversations mm. to the forefront especially mm. the affordability because affordability is such an issue for people yeah, yeah. like it's expensive yeah and you're talking about like i mean obviously not all people that need to go to therapists everyone needs to go to therapy in my opinion absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely like but when you're talking about marginalized people who you need or they need help and people want them to like get better but they can't afford the help yeah well, that's like, right they're so not going to be the ones that have the money to then go and exactly. pay for it as well yeah yeah, yeah. So looking it makes at some no places sense. like 350 for your first visit mm -hmm. and then 220 for every visit after that yeah yeah and if they're i work full time, time yeah. and mm. I, if i needed to go and see a therapist even on a fortnightly basis Mm. Like two hundred, so that's four hundred and forty dollars a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? How right. does that fit into a normal? Like yeah. that's, that's a yeah. What literally. I pay that for my car loan pretty much now, and that's a mm. fucking car loan, yeah. not just like. Yeah. So people will prioritize that over that all the time. Yeah, and that's definitely a big you know issue as well. Is that it's all and I I gotta obviously admit like it's easy for me to sit there and say oh yeah well you need to be doing that as well but it, again mm. it's not accessible necessarily no exactly and if you can get a prescription and that makes you feel better and you don't have to go and do the yeah. work but i think it's something where again what we're starting to see now through mm. the mental health plans and whatever that should have been something that was already Absolutely. there a long time if they were willing to hand out these things which can sometimes significantly alter the course of someone's life like they can never come off of those yeah and it can have all of those other effects and there was just no investment or no money being put into how about we actually try and like help them deal with all of this exactly um that must be hard as well again for you working with kids where they're just like well they can't have a a mm. mental illness at that young they're just mm. being yeah they're just being teenagers yeah. yeah yeah they're just naughty or like whatever and it's super annoying and it does really annoy me because like much like similarly to you but i kind of think it should be done a little bit differently like whereas you have therapy and you have the medication there to back you up to help you get through the hardness yes. of therapy. Yeah. Yep. And it's such a big thing. And again, I'm big pharma, fucking hate it. Is like the go to is medication. Yeah. Whereas, like, yeah, not everyone's ready for therapy then and there. And I absolutely understand yeah, that. That's 100% understand that. So, like, if you need the medication to get you to that point, but the encouragement should be towards therapy. It shouldn't just be. If, yeah, filling yeah. the drugs and hoping. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, there's never, like, yeah my experience with it is like none of these kids are ever really spoken to about therapy. It's always like, yeah. they'll go to the doctor and they'll be like, Oh yeah, you're depressed. Take this. And then, and you know, they don't even talk to the kids about the fact that like not every antidepressant is the same. You're going to have side effects. Yeah. This one might not be for you. So in like a month's time, if it's not working, come back and we'll change it. Like they don't have those conversations. No. Yeah. So these kids are either going, Oh, for fuck's sake, it's not working. And then they just stop trying or they stay on the shit one forever. Then it doesn't work. Yeah. They're not actually like these doctors aren't taking the time to have these conversations. And I'm sure it's not just kids, but obviously that's what I can talk about. Of yeah, course, yeah, 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 like, exactly. They're not giving that time to actually help. 
yeah. like, how does it how does it work in terms of so you're dealing with someone who doesn't have a family system um and then you're the you know i guess you're the kind of caregiver in some of these instances do mm. you guys have any involvement in that process where you can try and be advocates for these kids to make sure that they are getting the right diagnosis and making mm. sure they're seeing good doctors yeah. like do you guys have play a part in that yeah we take pretty much like a lead role in doing that obviously some kids they don't want you to do that of side of things and that's fine like we're not their parents at the end of the day but we are there to like make sure that they get the support that they need yeah um it can be really difficult like we have previously and like often work really closely with like the mental health ward like the children's mental health ward at women's and children's which i can't remember they just changed their name it was boiling ward anyway Worked really closely with them, and um, is that a bit better that through there? Is that shocking <laughs> no, as well? It's okay. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that would be any. Yeah, better. it oh. is yeah. awful, and it's the only mental health ward for young people in South Australia. Like wow. that's it, and I think they've got eight beds. I'm pretty sure that's like, not yeah. enough. It's not enough. That's yeah. absolutely not enough. Um, so like, and even if you're in there, they got no idea how to handle it. So no. it's like, not only is it ill-equipped, it's also not equipped. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not the number of beds. More beds wouldn't make the care the quality of care better, better. Yeah. yeah exactly and like to you know there's a degree obviously like i appreciate them they've helped us like they've helped our kids sometimes like of some course, of the kids yeah. have had really great outcomes but not many of them yeah and you know there are some really cool new programs that are coming out like um there's the urgent mental health care facility in the city now i don't yes. know, if you know about that but yeah that's really cool and like you can just drop in and like you don't even have to talk to anyone you can just sit there you can take your pet with you you can take a friend with you you can like, you can talk to a doctor, you can talk to a nurse, you can talk to a psychologist. Like that's such a cool service. It's so chill. There's no pressure. Yeah. It's not for acute mental health. It's for, you know, like when you're just kind of not really sure. Overwhelmed. You're, yeah, you're yeah. Overwhelmed. You're feeling really shit. You're not really sure what to do. So you can go there and have that support. Um, Which again is coming back to that thing where like the, what the, what's happening at the moment, not a government thing, but from mm. a human perspective, is we're bridging those gaps between a normal person and a lunatic. We used mm. to think that there was nothing in between or you used to treat people like there was nothing yeah. in between. You were either completely okay or you were fucked. Absolutely, and I'm, yeah. and I'm not saying that, you know, saying that I'm just saying that that, that was, was the, the treatment. Yeah. Whereas now we understand that everyone exists on the spectrum, first of all. No one is actually okay. No, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> And that there are so many levels between those two points, yeah. even though this one isn't actually what I said it was. Mm. And that it's, but before it was like, if you were going through something, the only thing you thought was here was you yeah. all the way over there. Yeah. You, you didn't think, oh, I just need some help to work through this. Or yeah. I've realized that, you know, the shit that went on in my childhood is really starting to affect the way that I am mm. as a parent or whatever. Like there's so many of just those little struggles yeah. that no one ever gets any help for or whatever, mm. because they think I don't want to, I don't want to consider myself in that like thing because of the way it was made taboo, yeah. but it's starting to get a lot better now Absolutely. where people are able to actually go, you know what? I'm not okay. And mm. I don't know what it is and I'm going yeah. to work through it. And there's and... a lot of classism around that as well. I think yeah. like, oh, yeah. yeah. People yeah. that were like well off, like, you know, were the normal ones and like no one thought that those people could have a bad mental health time. Yeah. And then those people that would look down on, people who did experience trauma and stuff and they're like, oh, you know, like they're the lunatics. And there was never that like kind of middle ground of like the people who have been traumatized can actually come out of that and be okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And those people that are okay can actually have a mental breakdown as well. Yeah. Like, like you said, it's absolutely like it can go both ways. It's not this and this. It's like, 
Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's not black and white, it's grey. Well, especially basically. you think of how many people you know, like the ones that had like the, the you know, had everything they could have ever wanted except their parents being around. Yeah. Right? And they're the ones that quite often struggle, you know, a lot. Or I know a lot of people mm. that um, have, you know, had that perfect upbringing, what they would think is perfect. Yep. But yet they never had the support, the love, the attention yep. or whatever. And then they've ended up lashing out and becoming really – and then, you know, then you've obviously got the opposite end of the spectrum where – they had like grew up with nothing, but then they had the abusive parents or whatever. And it's mm. like somewhere in the middle of that is like parents that were barely struggling and their family kind of communicated and they went through the struggle together and they wouldn't be seen as the, but they're the ones that are quite mm. often helping both sides. Yeah, of those, you know absolutely. What I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, 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 you're right in that, that it's it, the, the way we looked at it back then, at least even going back to the, to the, to the gay stuff and everything mm. now, as humans, not a government thing at all, they're <laughs> yeah. still useless, but as human beings, it is at least uh, humbling and exciting that we are understanding shit way better than what we ever yeah. had before. And I think yeah. the whole, <clears throat> like you said, we've all got some level of anxiety or mm. experienced some level of depression or whatever in yeah. our life. And, and I think that as a human race where we're all kind of like, hey, like we're all very different and your experience is in no way mine, but I can mm. definitely understand what you're going through to some degree and we talk about this all the time but it's like the the biggest thing that especially like anxiety and that does is makes you feel so isolated and that you're the only one that can possibly understand what i'm what you're going through but that's so not true yeah and i guess that would be a huge thing for you guys in the in the system as well is like trying to get them to understand Mm -hmm. that um, I guess that's probably a good question. How does it go with the kids, with other kids? Is that a really difficult thing? Do you often find that they are able to find camaraderie in their situations or are they, yeah. again, have that very much like, no, you can't understand what my thing is? Mm. Um, how does that go? It's very interesting. Like yeah. the dynamics of the kids is always super interesting because like we have eight kids, but it's not like we get eight walk in and eight walk out at the same of course, time. Yeah. It's not always... the big brother house. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, you know, one kid will move out and another kid will move in and yeah. like, it's, so it's always changing. So it's very dependent on the kids, but generally it's really interesting when you get a new kid or a couple of new kids, it might will take him a little while to come around to each other, but you'll start hearing them having those conversations where they are comparing their stories. And that's, pretty normal like it's very rare that we have a kid that doesn't want to tell their story yeah um but you'll hear them like comparing their story and like oh like your mom did this oh my mom did that too or like you know i thought i was the only one whose mom was like that or dad was like that or like childhood was like that and it's really cool when you hear them do that stuff because it's like yeah that's it's fucked up and like people don't want to hear those stories but like for those kids that's literally their lives yeah so, exactly yeah, yeah so hearing them like find someone else that they're like yeah right like i'm not the only one yeah that's really really cool and they do find camaraderie in that um which is so funny like because these kids are like when i tell you they are so different like they are so different of course yeah like you know work with kids that again that classism comes into what people think that it's only like those traumatized kids like i've worked with so many kids that go to private schools that have had like really perfect lives and then like maybe they've gotten an a instead of an a plus and their parents have been like go Wow. And they've kicked them out. Like, That's fucked. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, I've literally worked with kids from, like, every walk of life. Yeah. And, like, so to hear them, like, you know, you you take a kid, like, two different kids, like, walking down Rondon Mall that you would think would never speak to each other in, like, in our house, they're best friends. Like, yeah. it's so cool that that happens because, like, in no other part of the world would they probably have spoken. Yeah. Um, it's sad because, yes, they're there and they shouldn't have to be there for that to happen. But... 
it is cool that they can find that in each other. And then obviously like on the other side of that, sometimes it's really bad where like we might get a kid that self-harms and like quite often our kids do and we'll get a kid that self-harms and that you might have a kid who hasn't self-harmed in six months and then that other kid does and then they go fuck and it brings up things for them. So then they self-harm and then, you know, they've gone from being like, oh, I'm like clean from self-harm for six months to now like fuck I've self-harmed and I don't know why and it's because someone else has. Yeah. And, or, you know, and like literally we get kids who I hate to say like they do it for attention because obviously they do it for reason, but like they see someone do it. They see that they get that attention. They want that attention. So that's the only way they know how to get it. So that's what they'll do. So in like a bad way as well, they'll get camaraderie out of it because they'll be yeah. like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. you self-harm, I'm going to self-harm. And- right. What's well, like the whole, what do they say about when you like, well, the reason they don't talk about um, uh, like suicides and stuff on the news because of that mm. is the term for it. What's it called where like it, I can't remember. We've talked about it on the pod before, but it's yeah. like that whole thing of like, you know, it creates that ripple effect of like, yeah, they, kind, of like kind of like subtle encouragement in a certain, I guess. Yeah, 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 like that thing where it's like they they're now seeing that thing, so it makes that it triggers that thing in them. Yeah, and that would be the hard. So you've got you know both sides where it could be really beneficial for them. Yeah, but, and especially I guess you know say if you've got one if you've got a group that have been in there for a while and mm. the, you know they've not moved on, then you've got that new person coming into what is now this crazy ecosystem of all of these people and then that yeah. can, can probably throw the balance out absolutely massively depending on you know how they come in whether they're very wild or timid or whatever it may be yeah um it, it must be incredibly tough but it's it's amazing um and profound work that you're doing so mm. um i'm glad that you've been able to find something that 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 means the world to you yeah and, um yeah. is really special but Let's uh, let's move into some some a bit more fun stuff. Obviously, we Ooh. talked about what you do um, to help your mental health, and we couldn't uh, give the complete picture of Abby yes. if we didn't talk about the roller derby queen of uh, South Australia. So, um, tell us about your roller derby journey. How long ago did that start? Four years ago. Oh my god! Yes. Wow. So, and you lo- like love it? I you love it. Fucking. Roll it unbelievably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That is probably like the biggest thing outside of work that I do for my mental health is go out there and skate and yeah i love it it's so good you want to talk about camaraderie like it is yeah. such a cool i mean you've made lifelong friends and, yeah. and everything out of this and you've only done it for for a few years and mm. um it seems like as i said i've got a couple of other friends that have been involved in it um over many years as well i mean mm. i think uh, the friend that you know that i'm referring to Mel, that was on the podcast as well yeah. we didn't talk about it with her because we were talking about the craziness of her falling from the bloody sky yeah, um, but i think she was doing it i remember back in like 2010 or something around the time yeah, that we met maybe a long even. Time. Um, so yeah, like it, it's, it's, and it's exploded. Like it's bigger, mm. way bigger now than I remember it being back then. Um, how'd you get into it? What, what was the, um, did you ever skate by the way? Like before like, then? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I roller skated when I was a kid. Like I loved skating when I was a kid. Yeah. I had roller skate. skate effects back in the day. Yeah, of course. Oh I my God. God. Skate <laughs> effects. So effects good. Yeah. Kids parties at skate effects was like oh, the pinnacle. Oh, the best. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I loved it. Uh, yeah, so I always skated when I was a kid. I roller skated. I roller bladed because I guess like Whoa, the 90s heavy. was a bit more blade yeah, heavy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> was yeah, no one was on those yeah. four wheels. Yeah. yeah. Get off your four wheels. Yeah, but in a straight no, line. Yeah, straight line. Yeah. Oh, shit. I thought it was three. <laughs> I thought it was three yeah, for they, they were, um, Some maybe. that have three. I think okay. the speed skating ones are three. Right. I okay. think, well, yeah. There you go. I was clearly a speed skater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just too cool. I never speed skated a damn thing. You didn't wheel out. Anything I did on wheels was never with speed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think, like, so I always skated. I always loved it, but, like, I, 
never liked sport. I always hated sport. Yeah. And then like, so 2010 was kind of the year that roller derby hit South Australia. That's yeah. like when like Murder City, which is who I play for, um, that's when they started. I think pretty much all the leagues started in like 2010. Um, that is literally when it hit. It's like when Whippet came out and like yeah. Australia kind of discovered roller derby. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I'd never heard of it. And it was very American centric, I guess, mm-hmm. at that time. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like, that's super, super cool. And one of my friend's sisters played. So we used to go watch her every now and then. And I was like, that's super cool. But like, never thought it was something I could do because like, I just, I hated sport. Yeah. <laughs> like, I never, and I like, yeah. I guess like that comes back to that displacement stuff too. Like I never felt like I had a space in sport either. Like yeah. I never felt like I would yeah. be comfortable in there. Um, and like bringing gayness back into it, which is like wild to think about now that I know what I know, but like thinking that, especially like being in a woman's sport and being gay is like, everyone would always assume that you were hitting on them. Because it was like that as a teenager. Like if I had yeah. like girls' nights, everyone would be like, oh, she's going to hit on me. So like I always kind of had that in the back of my head of like if I join a girl's sport, they're always going to think that I want to bang them, which is like I'm just fucking there to do a sport. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was like always was like super like loved it. It was really cool, but never got super, super into it. Um, and then like, I don't know, I guess like six, seven years ago, um, me and a girl that I knew, like she really wanted to play. And we both went to a info night and I was like, fuck yeah, like this is what I want to do. Like, this is so cool. The vibe was really cool. They had the info night at the Grace Emily, which is a cool venue. Mm. Um, and it was just really cool. Everyone, like the way they talked about it and the community was really awesome. And I was like, heck yeah, like this seems really cool. At the time I was working shift work at the shelter in the city. Yeah. Um, and the time commitment was huge. So yeah. I was like, I can't do that because I was literally working like 80 hour weeks. Like yeah, I was okay. working so much at that shelter and you know, loving that as much as I did. Like I didn't want to work less to do something that I wasn't sure about. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So I was always like, it was, so it had always been in the back of my head since then. And then, um, yeah, I guess like four years ago, one of my friends joined, um, it was like my best friend's girlfriend at the time joined Derby and she loved it. And she like talked so highly of it. And I went to watch her play, um, in her very first, like her family and friends bout. So it was like only, only you're allowed to, only allowed to invite family and friends it's not public and I went to watch her and I was like and I fucking like I still there was just that thing in me that it was like I still really want to do this it looks so good and then she was like you should do it and then like we went out skating together a few times like I still I had skates and so we went skating a few times and she was like you know she would show me stuff and then it was like oh like you pick it up really quickly and then she was like you should join you should join and then like she had a bout and I went to the bout and went to the after party and everyone there was just like, oh, like, why don't you join? Like, you should join. Like, you'd love it. And then, like, they were all just so welcoming and so lovely. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. Like, I've been saying I want to do this for so long. Like, why am I putting it off? I wasn't working in shelter at the time. So, like, I was working nine to five. So, I was like, time now commitment. Was the perfect time. Yeah. So, like, the time was literally perfect. So, I was like, I'm going to do it. And I joined and, like, literally, yeah, it was so welcoming. Like, literally from, like, the second I walked in the door, like, everyone was so so welcoming it was like not any like the bad things that I had in the back of my head like literally just like were gone like I forgot that I even thought them like everyone yeah. was just so cool that's cool yeah it was so good and um super inclusive community and then you know having gone to a few rollies trainings like which is like fresh like when you're first starting um like you very quickly kind of get like like absorbed into like the whole mm. thing um, and then going out to see other leagues bouts as well. And then realizing like, you know, 
because there's there's five leagues in South Australia. Okay. And like they're all like everybody knows everybody and like they're all really close knit and like you know people they go to each other's bouts or like people would start off in like like Mel did like she's been in quite a few leagues like she started mm-hmm. with Motor City she went to Light City now she's at ADRD like yeah. Like people move around, but they stay. There's no like resentment when someone leaves. It's like they still stay friends and you're still part yeah. of the community. And That's like, good. yeah, and it's not like it's a competitive sport, but there's not like this competition where they're like, oh, I'm going to fucking smash you. Yeah, or, you don't have like you know? arch enemies. Yeah, yeah, like everyone, like you go out and you play, but like, you know, when we're on the track, like you hit somebody and then you'll be like, and like keep skating, you know? And like, that's really cool. Cause like, there's no malice, like there's no malintent involved. And like, you do hurt somebody. It's like, like a mosh pit thing where like, yes, you, you, yes. You mosh etiquette. That's what I really yeah. uh, attributed to when I watched it. I was like, it's watch, it's like watching a mosh pit on skates <laughs> yeah. really, where like everyone really is, is like super, even though there's like competitive. And I guess in the same thing, you know, you're swinging your arms and that you're like, yeah, have the potential to do damage, yeah. but you're still like, oh my God, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah you'll make yeah. sure that everybody's okay. At yeah. The end of the day. Yeah. And that just like, was just super cool. Like just such a cool thing to experience and be a part of and um i think like for me i really like the fact that like you can you can literally just go and like and show up and skate and leave or you can literally like you can be a part of everything like you can be on committees like they're they're member run so like the members need to have a part in like making sure that the bouts happen and making sure that fundraising happens and things like that so there's always something to do so for people who might feel really isolated or might want a hobby that or like a sport that is also a hobby or, you know, like there's literally so much you can do. And it's not just like if you can't skate or you don't want to skate, there's still things that you can do. You can still be a part of it. Of the and community. Yeah. Well, yeah, when I went, obviously they had like people selling like stuff. Like they had mm. like cake stands and yeah, yeah. all these kinds of things. <laughs> cool. And, you yeah. know, the kids are in the back like and the other part of like this, the, the Campbelltown, mm. was it Campbelltown Sports Centre? Yeah, or the Arc. Yeah. yeah. And the kids are playing basketball in the back and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, while the, the roller uh, bout is happening. And mm-hmm. it's just like, it was just such a cool, like, community thing. And I, get, I mean, you know, it's the same for um, a lot of uh, team sports that they have that kind of thing. But I definitely got a, an incredible vibe out of um, being there at that. So mm-hmm. if someone's listening and they're like, oh, my God, like, I love skating and I want, but I have no idea um, where to start, can you point them in the right direction of what they would do if they're like hey i want to find out more mm. who would they speak to what do they find on facebook like what is the best way um i mean obviously i'm going to plug motor city of course over yeah. anybody else yeah. <laughs> your team yeah you murder city for? yeah yeah so you play against other like teams in murder city or is murder city play yeah. against other so murder city is is like the league and That's then the like league. yeah okay. and then we've got two teams within our league so we've right. got the death leopards and the yeah. iron mayhems iron mayhems is the better team clearly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we will play each other um, okay. And then, like every now and again, we will play like mostly Rockabella's roller derby. They're really cool. Um, not saying that other leagues aren't, but like they're the ones that we would play with the most. So sometimes, yeah. like we'll play against them. Like we had a scrim against them last night, which was really cool. Um, or they'll come out and like if we're short for players and stuff, like they fill in for us, which is another really cool thing. Like we don't have to give up playing because like we're low on numbers. Like they will help mm. us out and like give us other players yeah. and things like yeah. that. So you play against the same team every week, basically. No, we Not don't play quite. weekly. So we play oh, okay. like our season, season. Yeah. Ours in particular, like Motor Cities, is longer than everyone else's, just because our venue is a bit tricky with bookings and stuff. Right. Okay. But it's generally monthly. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So because it is such a big thing to 
organized. Organized, like right. Yeah, it's right. a huge thing to organize. Which so. is cool from a commitment perspective, though. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, you train every week, though, don't you? Yeah, yeah. But if someone, like, obviously was uh, more of a veteran of it or whatever, then they can go, I can still do this monthly, like, mm. without having to, like, stress so much that it's, like, every week and I work every second weekend or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of cool that it's not yeah. as consistently yeah uh, required as a lot of other sports are yeah and we have like we have training opportunities like so we have like mondays are for our like fresh skaters so only our fresh skaters can skate then yeah um and we do off skates trainings as well so people can come and learn about rules and like officials i said like there's jobs for people that don't skate as well yeah and they're we literally can't like bout if we don't have officials so we have trainings just for officials Wednesdays is for our like bouting skaters, which we like have officials will come and like do stuff then as well. So they're learning our referees will skate. And then Sundays we have trainings where like everyone can come. So like no matter what skill level you're at. So there's like, that's amazing. Yeah. So there's plenty of opportunities for people. So like if, like you're saying, like if a Monday doesn't work for you, if you can't rock up on a Monday, you can come to a Sunday. Yeah. Like, so we try to make it accessible and we've like throughout the time have like changed the times, changed the days to try and find stuff that like works for people. And that's kind of what we found is consistently like the best kind of days and times yeah, for cool. people. Um, and considering like, you know, we consider ourselves a family friendly league. So we try to consider the fact that like, people have families, and, yeah, like yeah. personal lives and things like that. Like yeah, of course. there is like you to play, you do have to make attendance, but it doesn't mean that you can't come to trainings and still like do all those other things. Like yeah, yeah. making attendance is about safety. Like if you don't skate, at all for three months, you're not just going to come and play a game because yeah. you don't know if you're yeah. safe. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's not about like penalizing people. It's literally about like you just need to be safe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. it is a pretty crazy like sport. Yeah, yeah like you're like, on wheels. Like no yeah. matter. Like I always say, like and no going matter. fast too. Like you're not just like yeah, and you're hitting crawling people. around. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're literally on wheels, going fast and crashing yeah, like, exactly. in these massive like huddles. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if people are and you know plug Motor City, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> how, how would they um how would they get in contact and find out more? So we do like Motor City does. Um, we call it a rolling intake. So traditionally, roller derby used to be, and um, a couple of leagues still do it. Whereas like you don't have one intake a year. You'd come and you'd train for like six weeks. You have a test. If you pass the test, you go on to the next part. If you don't pass, then you try again next year. So we now have a thing. So the first Monday of every month, we have an intake. So people can come out on a Monday night. Um, and give it a go, whether it's like on skates, or off skates, we do both on that Monday so that people can get a feel for everything. Yeah. Um, we have a, like a specific, like tailored training on those Mondays to get people to like walk through and experience a little bit of everything so they can see what they do and don't like. Also knowing that like, it's not exactly the cheapest sport, like gear is expensive. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. so we do try to have like a little bit of, um, gear that people can borrow if they don't want to like front the cost straight away. Um, also like skate society and high marsh do higher gear so you can hire packs okay. so you can amazing. try them out, which is yeah, really cool. Um, and we're looking at like hopefully doing some of that ourselves as well. So we can kind of have some higher gear. We've just got like, we've got literally a bucket of just like people's old gear that we're like, we'll find something that fits you. Yeah, like we'll go through yeah, it. That's so, so, so we try to make it as like accessible for people as possible. Well, that's a lot yeah. of what scares people from getting into it is that yeah, they're worried really about committing off. to it. They're not enjoying yeah. it or committing to it, like having these ways that they can come out and get a taste for it mm. and just see if it's something or realize, actually, I'm not going to skate, but I just want to be a, like, I want to, what else can I possibly do? Exactly. Like, can I help out with this kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, that's and we're awesome. huge on that. Cause we're like, we literally cannot skate. Like uh, we all love skating and that's what we want to do. But like, 
we can't do that without the people that don't skate. Like we yeah. literally, we need people that like keep track of score, people that tell us when we're doing illegal things. Like we need those people. So like officials are like super important for us. So like we always are trying to encourage and we try to encourage our skaters as well to learn those things so that like if you don't make attendance that time, you can still be a part of it on the day. Yeah. Like you don't have to sit there and be like, oh, I missed out. Like you can come and you can official, you can ref, you can do something. You can work the bake sale. Like yeah. everyone's included. Yeah. So, yeah. And so they just message the, yeah, the Facebook like, page. Yeah, Murder or City Roller and... Derby Facebook. Yep. And I'm the person that responds to the messages. So. Oh, my God. Wow, there you wow. go. Yeah. So yeah. you're, you're going to be speaking directly to, uh, yes, to Abby. that's right. Um, maybe don't ask her any questions about everything else you've heard on the podcast <laughs> in that chat, but I'm sure if you, you, you can find her in other ways. Yeah, and you can pretend have you didn't hear the rest of it. <laughs> um, let's get into, we've we've smashed out an hour and a half like without Damn. even blinking, So, but we cannot have a guest on without... Uh, getting through the questions. So do yeah. you want to hit her with uh, with number one, my good man? What, what is number one again? You know what number one is. What is your... I need some water for this. Um, what's what number one again? is your favourite? <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is a toughie. It is a toughie. This one. is a toughie. What's your favourite song of all time? Oh, fuck. <laughs> um... Imagine by John Lennon. Oh, oh we haven't had yeah. any. Yeah, we any. haven't had anything like oh that. My God. No. We always get such good That's, range yeah, on this do, question. Yeah. And you do. answered that real quickly. Too. Yeah. 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 Hit she's, us with the oh fuck. She, like she's it was been the hardest question. Do you have a top three then? Yeah, is there a couple of oh, others? No, That's even harder. you got to um, give us like a Manson song or something. I was going to say, yeah, no, definitely. It's hard because, like, imagine such a meaningful song they go yeah, to, like, Marilyn Manson song. Yeah, Manson, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's, again, that's what I love is, like, the, the everyone's got that range of, like, yeah. you know, where it's, like, you, if you just heard the number one, you wouldn't understand that there's a lot of complexity to the rest of that playlist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, I think Bother by Stone Sour. Oh, oh Stone yeah. Sour. Yeah. That always, like. Stone Sour. And I love me a bit of Stone Sour. I think someone's yeah. been sitting on before. So. Yeah. yeah. So you've, you've got the chorus. Yeah. yeah. The That's like one crossover. song that, like, I wouldn't listen to on repeat, but, like, every time it comes on, I'm like, You're like oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a vibe. All right. That'll, we'll, we'll, we'll stop you at two. Thank you. I appreciate um, that. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of two, though, what's question number two? All right, question number two. I remember this one. Okay, I remember this one. Who's your favorite comedian or comedic actor? Justin. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, we say that you can't have you this know. guy. You can say that. You've been to no. so many of my shows. No, One of my true. biggest fans of all time. So thank you. Um, aside from me, because it okay. seems like I paid you off. Um, <laughs> it definitely does. Uh, seem like someone it was else. So quick. It was. Yeah, no. It was. It was like comedy. It's like Justin. Slipping, yeah. slipping the fifty buck note on the table. Uh, anyone else? Okay. Or your comedic, big favorite ginge. Hmm. The comedian or comedic actor. Okay. Yeah. Comedic actor. That's a tricky one. Um, oh, there's literally someone like I'm picturing her face and I can't think of her name. So that's how much of my yeah, name yeah, she yeah, is. Wow, yeah. like, Are you more of a true crime person? Or? Yes, yeah. I love true crime. Oh, true. I love yeah, true yeah. crime. Um, oh my God, I can't believe I can't remember her name. She's blonde. <laughs> she did like the, the all-female Ghostbusters cast. Oh, not, Mel- not Melissa McCarthy. No, no. Nah, they're like kind of like nerdy, nerdier one. Oh. I can't remember her name. She right? can't be that much of your favorite. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, so it's All right, just so the thin, the thin, <laughs> there you go. We'll take the Justin then. Yeah, yeah. We will this time. She remembered Thank my you. name. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, question number three. Have you ever meditated before? 
Have I what? Ever meditated? Oh, meditated. <laughs> no yeah. idea what I thought you said. Yeah, wow. <laughs> not the other M starting with ending with <laughs> A. Okay, we're not that. Yes. Okay. Yep. You want me to elaborate on that? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah tell us your, your experience yeah. with it. Um, I always, I don't know if you recall one of my exes that was very much into meditation yeah, and stuff like that. Yes, yeah. 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 So we had like a. I mean, there's so many of those exes, it's hard to remember. Sure. Um, we had like a full Zen room in our house that had like cool, crystals and like heaps of stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think it's cool. I think people should do it. I like, I don't make time to do it. I yeah. like always think I need to, and then I don't make time to do yeah. it. Um, but she like kind of taught me cause I always was like, you know, I had this picture of like, you have to sit in like a quiet room and be like, mm. yeah, yeah. Whereas like she told me like, you can literally meditate anywhere. Like it doesn't matter yeah. how noisy or whatever is going on. And that like has always resonated with me with when like, when I am stressed and I can just sit there and be like, yeah, you know, like that is meditating. Like yep. you're, yeah. yeah. Clearing your mind is meditating. So yeah. Yeah. The, bre- the breathing sort of thing that like, you can literally do that. And yeah. it's probably even more important to be able to do it in a time that's chaotic. Yeah. As opposed to like, oh, I'm gonna go home and sit in my Zen room to meditate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like if you're sitting on the train after a bad day, that's your time yeah. to like put headphones in and like meditate. Yeah, because I always um, had the idea of it was like, yeah, you had to like be wearing like sweeting yeah. clothing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like so yeah. quiet. And like my brain does not switch off. Like it's always like da, 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 yeah. da, 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 da. and like so for me, I was always like, I can't switch that off. So how am I gonna meditate? And yeah. she was like, yeah. if that's still going, like you could it can still be going and that's fine. You just can still don't pay attention to it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I was like, huh. Yeah. yeah. That's a thing that I can do. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. <laughs> like, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Um, question number four. Do you remember what question number four is? I do. Yeah. I just didn't, for some reason, I just didn't remember, I didn't the, remember first. the first one. Which <laughs> is like, like, the one we normally always, always remember. Off, like, yeah, yeah, we normally right, get that yeah. one out. Yeah, 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 yeah. what we're doing. But. Uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Ooh. That's a hard one. Mm, and it's very hard. I mean, my dad telling me I can speak to homeless people is obviously like yeah. changed the course of my life a little <laughs> yeah. bit. If you didn't know the story before, you just heard like that. Yeah. If we just put a clip of that, what's the best people's advice? My dad saying I can talk to homeless people yeah. and he knew nothing else of the rest of this episode. Amazing. Yeah. What a sound like, bite that's going to be when I, when I cut it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Use that. Um, I feel like the other thing, I don't know if it counts as advice or it's more just like a gimmicky kind of phrase, but. <laughs> you're the captain of your own canoe. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I've always like really liked that. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember like I was told that in like a work way of kind of like when I was young and first starting out in youth work, being like, oh, like, can I do this? Can I do that? And like my manager at the time, being and who is still my manager, um, or my manager again, literally like saying to me, You're the captain of your own canoe. And being like, you can make your own mistakes and you're going to learn from them. Yeah. And he like, and letting me do that being like, you are going to fuck up and that's totally okay. Cause you yeah. are the captain of your own canoe. You're making those decisions. And that's always been like, and I say that to the kids now, like if they're like, Oh, can I do this? I'm like, you're the captain of your own canoe. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's so yeah. good. That's, that's cool. awesome. Yeah. And it is such an important, like that, that lesson intrinsically of like, you are going to fuck up and yeah. that's okay. And we're going to work through that. Mm. That is something that is just, not being used enough nah, holistically, do you know what I mean? Like it, it, and it's so important. If people actually felt like it was okay to fail and make mistakes and learn from them, yeah. we would have a much different uh, Absolutely, society. Because fucking up is sure. human. We yeah. all fuck up. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, question number five, I guess, or four, or whatever we're up to now, four. Um, uh, what is one conspiracy theory that you absolutely believe in? Oh, that we didn't land on the moon. <gasps> That's a, such a common one. Yeah. I like that we do get that so, one. So what exactly about it do you think is not not legit? Yeah, what is um, it for you that just goes, yeah, no way? 
I don't, I don't necessarily think that we haven't since, but I don't think the first moon landing was true. I don't actually have an opinion on it from that point on. Like I just of don't course. care. Is um, it, is it but, like the flag blowing in the wind or the bag on the back of the, um, I think it the was, Jeep that was flapping? Yeah. 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 I think for me, it was really like the fact that there were so many attempts made that kept failing, kept failing, kept failing. All this money was getting pumped into it. And obviously at that time as well, it was like so different. Um, like money was so different. Mm. And all this money was getting put into it. And obviously people were getting to that point where they were like, for fuck's sake, like you've got to yeah. keep putting this money into it. You need to make it happen. So for me, I was like, how easy would it have been for them to just be like, we need to make the people think that we can do this. Yeah. yeah. So let's just yeah. build a fucking set and let's do it. And then people are going to like trust us a little bit yeah. more. Mm. And it was yeah. the whole space race thing as well. It was yeah. about winning the race. Yeah, so it was exactly. also about, yeah, like we want to be the first people there. So if yeah. we can't actually physically get there, let's just get old Stanley Kubrick in here. Yeah, yeah there, exactly. Yeah. Meanwhile, like these people have like we're... fried up in the rockets on the way. Yeah. 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 Um, that's a good one. All right. Well, the final question, which is always hard for the vegans, but you have to imagine that. <laughs> no, give, what's, his, what's, his, what's his new one? Give her the new one. The new one. Give her the new one. But that's Ooh, the new one. Give her the new one. No, kind of want both that's now. A, that's a no. That's a. <laughs> She's a vegan, right? So. But that one's also. That's but that one's not vegan friendly either. It's they're more both. Vegan. Oh, no, they're so. both vicious. They're both fighting. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that, that one is for returning guests, right? <laughs> okay. So that's if you come on the pod and you're coming back again. We're okay. just having our own internal debate. <laughs> so, forgetting that you're vegan for a second, right? Okay. This is a hypothetical scenario in which you these animals are trying to kill you and you've got no choice but to choose between. Would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? You know how many times I have watched this and seen you guys do this and it didn't occur to me that you were going to ask me this question, <laughs> even though I've seen you do it to so many people. It's the final guest of every, uh, question, question of every podcast. So have it. And I did not have time to form an opinion. Yeah. You know why though? Because like the biggest thing for me was like, I knew you were going to ask me about old mate 2.0. I was like, he's going to bring it up. He's going to bring it up. So yeah, I didn't so think about the horse-sized yeah. duck. Yeah. Um, okay. So what is it? A horse sized duck? Yep. So a big fuck off duck or a yep. hundred little horses. <laughs> I, I think the little horses. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I feel like that? I could like kick them. Yes. <laughs> yes. Everyone reckons they could just kick them. Another one for yeah. team horse. I yeah, love it. I like, think like a duck's bill, like a normal sized duck's bill is quite hard. Like have you ever been pecked by a duck? Yeah, but it's a duck. It's yeah, but if it's yeah, huge. Yeah, that bill is like. You think yeah. about how big its bill's gonna be, but and I'm thinking of like a frail horses aren't frail. I mean, like I'm thinking of like a Clydesdale. Those things are huge. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, it's a big yeah, and that, but that means the bill. Even though like... yeah, they're aggressive and mm. yeah, and their beak may be hard, right? <laughs> but I don't know. I just don't think that they're apex predators. <laughs> whereas, whereas horses, they're, they're not apex predators either. Like you, oh, literally... they'll fuck, they'll fuck you. Up, oh yeah, they absolutely they will. will. You know what I mean? Like, but I think so will a duck. I think a duck. That's. Yeah. I mean, first of all, imagine the mutation but therapy. Like, that's... Yeah, you know, like they don't they don't make you genuinely scared. Whereas if a horse is trampling at you, you'd be genuinely scared. You know what I mean? I guess, but I mean, look at the Hulk when he's not the Hulk. He's like normal. But we're talking about a Hulk duck right now. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about Eric Banner of ducks. Yeah. Look you're, at the wingspan. Like. Yeah, the wingspan. He could generate gusts. Like, imagine that's a pigeon. <laughs> it's a pigeon. Right? Yeah. That's a and it can fly, right? Like, ducks, normal sized ducks can fly. So, surely a horse sized duck can fly. 
I love Thank you. Hey. And again, I didn't slip any money for this answer. Yeah, of course not. All these she's very sus. Me. Yeah, she's very, very sus. Justin for the comedy, and she's also agreed with me about the horse size duck. So uh, give me your BSB and account details afterwards. I'll flick you the money I owe you. Um, but look, honestly, thank you so much for coming on. Um, thank you for yeah, I'm glad we got to end on a pretty uh, fun note because obviously it was a pretty uh, heavy yeah. chat, but that's exactly mm. what we wanted to have. So well, yes. I appreciate you. Depth, you know, like. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's that, it's that I didn't know Justin had depth, though. So it's nice. Um, and look, and I can't believe I didn't ask you earlier. I don't know why I was just like, oh, she's not going to want to come on the pod. And then I was just like, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to ask her. And you're like, and I'm like, oh, well, do you want to come on the pod? And I'm like, would you ever come on the pod? And you're like, yeah, as soon as you ask me, I'm like, well, fuck's sake. And that was like there, less than a week ago. And here I am. Yeah, I know. We made it happen. But um, thank you so much. Uh, thank you not thank only you. For, for coming on, but obviously the awesome work that you're doing as well. You know, I, I don't. I don't think it's something that I could possibly do. And I know a lot of people, as you said, that can't, um, mm. but it takes a, a special kind of person. Obviously, we've got a lot of friends uh, and mutual friends or whatever that are in the industry. Yeah, and yeah. I know um, how tough it is for, for every one of them um, to be able to do that. And, um, you know, without that work, who knows how much worse in the fucked system Absolutely. that these kids would be. So mm -hmm. um, I guess never stop that. And hopefully you do get to do it for the rest of your life hopefully. like you clearly want to do. Yes. And uh, yeah. Hit up Murder City and yeah, get down yes, and, and play do. some roller derby yes. and uh, and annoy Abby even more for me. And um, yeah, we're all good. Thank Thanks you very so much. much. Thank you guys. Love you. Love you. Bye.